come up higher. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, I was going to make a similar comment, really. I mean, I, I remember I had black hair, uh, and uh, Christian was thin. Like, when we... Um, now, now I, I understand that's dangerous territory, because he's, he's still fairly thin. But, um, you know, he was really thin. Uh, so, um, yeah, a long time. I mean, just great. And, um, and also, I mean, what an incredible job this man uh, does... Um, out of the house. I'm, I'm sure he does an incredible job in the house, but you know, we, we are, we're one of the churches that Phil supports and champions, and, uh, and he's our go-to person inside of AOG. And the fact that this house releases him to do that and be that um, is just outstanding. And so to be with these, these guys tonight, and um, can I just say, and I'm not, I'm not buttering anything up here, the sense of God in the house, the unity... That is here. There's something incredible. Listen, don't, don't take this for granted. This is not happening everywhere. This is absolutely incredible what's in the room tonight. And um, I just sense the excitement. I, and, and I sense in my spirit that, that coming in, in this time next year, it will be like a fresh breeze has come through this house. I, I see you're going to step in. You just got to keep... I'm, I felt the Lord put a message on, on my heart, which is something I've, I've taught at home. It's not a brand new word, but as I step here, there's that sense of, this is why I need you to talk about this tonight, because it, you're going to lay hold of some things. I, I want to just say one or two things, if, if I might. Um, Lisa, you know, I, this title of community pastor, at one level, we, none of us, we're not after titles. We're not doing anything for titles. Um, you're going to believe that more than you do now. Um, that... I just sense, like, there is a grace that is so evident on you. I don't know. I've never met you, so I saw you tonight. There's such a grace on your life. And, and if I can say this, I just sense, I don't know anything about your journey. I don't need to. But there's a sense where, in your head, what a pastor is, that's not, that's not you. Um, you've accepted the title, but you're going you're gonna to keep changing lives. You're going to keep touching lives. You're going to... In such a profound way, you're gonna. There's this scripture that I, I just have closed my Bible on, but um, it speaks about uh, speaking to those in captive to say to the captives, "Come out." This is Isaiah 49. To those in darkness, be free. You, you, you're not just going to say it; you're going to do it. You're going to hold people by the hand. You're going to lead them out. You're going to look back on your life and go, "I was a pastor. I was a I was a pastor," because you'll have pastored people. And don't worry if, like, sometimes it's like stepping into, into big shoes, isn't it? It's, and it feels like, you know, I can remember as a kid, like, I love walking around in my dad's shoes. Do you know? And, it's, and it can feel, just keep doing what you're doing. And you're going to look back and go, I did, I did pastor. Um, the, um, now, you guys, I spotted you downstairs. And, um, and I, I, said, I said to Christian, who's the guy in the pink shirt? And, and he said, because he spoke to me last week about this great couple and Mansfield and, and uh, there's something. But, Steve, I, I spotted you, but as I see, uh, Alina, I, I see the strength in you as a couple. And, um, and, you know, I'm just, talk about for such a time as this. You know, I just, and I know that's, that's such a quoted scripture, the Esther scripture, called to the kingdom for, like, you're bang on time. And I sense that, that your arrival in Mansfield 
it's going to trigger a, a, a whole new season, an expansion of growth. And, and I think the... Um, I wonder if you could just step out for a moment, because your proximity to this man is going to be very, very important. Just, just, come out, just come out your seat for a moment. Christian, just stand up for me a moment. Alina, you come, come to, come to. I want you to just join this man's hand. Do you know in a wedding ceremony where the, the priest, the priest joins a, that which God has joined together, let, let no man divide. And I, I wonder if you could just put your hands together. Because this, this is a joining. This, just put your hand there. That's it. Just, that's it. That's it. Listen, I, there's something divine in this timing. And there's something in, in this relationship. You guys stay close. This thing's going to go like rocket fuel. And the proximity of this relationship, there's, uh, there's gift in you two. The proximity of this relationship is very crucial to, to what happens in Mansfield. You... The blessing, there's a blessing that comes from here. There's, there's a gift in here that could grow something there without this, but the blessing is here. And I wonder if you can reach out a hand. Lord, I, I believe, Lord, I, that which God has joined, and I believe, Lord, you've joined. I believe this is a God thing. This is a God timing. And, Lord, we pray that the blessing would flow in, in an unprecedented way. And I pray, God, you'd watch over their relationship that it would become stronger and sweeter as every month goes by. And everything you've purposed will be measured off in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm not... Please hear me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to showboat. I just I, I felt stirred up on a few things as I've come in here. Um, where's... Is it Annie? I know it's Annie. I've not had a word of knowledge. Um, I've, ne- I've never met Christian's kids. But as you started leading, and can I just say, that this band, wow, wow. I mean, who, who heads up the worship team here? Is that you? I mean, wow. It's phenomenal. All of you. Incredible. And um, talk about if you're passing through Coventry. Who's it? You, if, if you're ever passing through Coventry, let me know, because I really, I'm going to put in a transfer request for you to... to the, um, but you know, Annie, as you started singing, I, I, I saw something in you, and I said to myself, she's a thought. And seriously, I, I've never met you. I, I don't know. She's a thought. She's a thought. And can I say this? Listen, I got saved when I was 17. I didn't grow up in, in, in church. There's nothing greater or lesser about being a pastor's kid. I just saw in you. How old are you? There's, there's like, that's taken 19 years. That's what you carry. That's taken 19 years. And some, there are some things, some pain, some challenge, some cost. It, it's not all been bad. I'm, I'm sure it's mostly been good. But you don't get that without you've journeyed and you've pressed through. And there's a grace on your life. And I'll tell you one thing, there's a grace on your life. There's, a, there's a, a phrase in Micah, it talks about those who break through the gate. And really, it's, it's, a, it's a word that is for, um, it's really a word about John the Baptist coming before Jesus, um, making the way for the king, the one who breaks open the way. They will break through the gate and go out. And, and John the Baptist was understood to be one who broke through the gate. He was... 
he, he smashed through. There's a, there was a, that spirit of Elijah that pushed through. And then it says, um, and their king will pass through before them. Um, you want to kick down the gate. And I just want to say, you, you just keep being fearless. I sense you're fearless. Now, I'm sure there are times when maybe you don't feel like being fearless. Just keep being fearless. You're going to break down the gate and something of, of what is our sense going to be released here of a new freedom. And, and gosh, there's freedom here, but, but another level freedom, another breathing of the Spirit. I'm sure there are others and, and of you here tonight and others on team, but I've just seen you carry something. Just keep being fearless. You're going to keep the gate down. The king's going to come in. I wonder, can, can you... Stand up to me. Let's reach, let's reach, reach, reach your hand towards Annie. Father, we, Father, we, we don't understand, we understand your ways, but we know that you're not perfect. We recognize the grace, grace that has grown, grown in this young lady through, through her childhood, through her teenage years. And we thank you, God, for what you've deposited in her. And we pray, God, that she would be ever fearless. And, Lord, she would just flow in her gift. And she'd break the gate down. Lord, that, that, Lord you, would, you would cause there to be moments where as she lifts her voice, as she leads with a fearlessness, the king comes into this room. And this house sees a new level of what you're going to do here. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Great. Um, well, what, what time do I need to... Um, Excuse me, I should have asked this before. It's very unprofessional. The um, wonderful. Well, it's it's really. I mean, it is a, a thrill to be here, um, and uh, I'm excited about this. I also just want to say I'm I'm travelling with my friend Hugh, and uh, just give us a wave. This is Hugh McNeil, and um, <laughs> Hugh um, Hugh heads up Coventry's food bank, and um, we're in the middle of a miracle. Uh, there, there are 17 different outlets of, of food bank in Coventry. Uh, I understand it to be the, the biggest food bank in, in the country in terms of what it's, it's delivered through. There is a lot of poverty in Coventry. Um, but one of the, one of the millionaires in, in the city has just bought a £1.3 million building for food bank. And, um, we're, um, and, and we met there last week with Esther, my wife, and Hugh, showing me around this incredible space, and it's going to become a, a depot for the West Mids, uh, part of the Trussell Trust and uh, distribution center, and, and we're just starting to dream about, more than touching a few lives, how we literally see poverty in our city impacted for Jesus, where we, we change some, at that level, daring to believe at that level. Great to have Hugh with me. If you've got a Bible, um, will you turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2? Um, I don't know if you're a note taker. I, I like taking notes in church. If you're a note taker, I, the title for, for today is Going to Double. Going to Double. I wonder if we can say that together. Going to Double. You know, the, I said downstairs with, with um, a, a group of, of leaders earlier, there are seasons to take ground and seasons to hold ground. You know, sometimes in our lives, all hell can be breaking loose. And the thing we need to do is just hold ground. And then there are seasons actually to take ground. And a sense that this church is in a season that's going to take ground. That's going to move into a new space. And, and I want to speak this word double because I, I think it's important that we start to think. It's not about a numerical double. It, it's not, you know, if we just, 
you know, whatever the congregation size is, if it doubles, if the finance double, but there's something in our, in our spirit that dares to believe, not for marginal increase, for, but for double as a next step. And, uh, and then, I, I, and I've been thinking about, you know, it's, it's not 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14. It's 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128. And suddenly, the, the, you get an exponential. And I came in here and, and Julie said exponential. Um, and I just have this sense that, that God is stirring expectation to go to double. Um, you know, I, I believe that God wants to do something amazing here. You know, there are, somebody once said to me, a wise man, the spiritual growth and journey of the Christian is less of a steady incline. It's more like a staircase, rises and treads, rises and treads. You have a season where you step up into a new space, where you, you occupy a new space, where it's like David gets enthroned in Zion, and the Bible says the Philistines came against him in full force. You know, sometimes we have to ride stuff out because we're at a new level. As Fran Pan said, for every new level, there's a new devil. There's that. But then you start, it's not to plateau, you just function in that space, and then there's another, there's a riser. And, and I believe there's a riser. I, I actually believe it, not that it's a headache, I believe you're in it. You've entered a rise of season. And uh, I just sense that. I walked in tonight. It's like when the, when, when the people start to gather. I believe you're in a rise of, You're just at the start of a rise of season. And uh, so I want to speak this word out tonight. You see, there's, there's an audacity um, in, in Elisha. I'm sure many of you know the story. In fact, why, why, don't, we, why don't we read it? This is Elijah and Elisha. Uh, most of you, I'm sure, will be familiar with the story. El- Elijah is the prophet of God. I mean, who has there been like Elijah? Incredible. And uh, God speaks to him at Horeb and says, I, I want you to go and, and, and put certain anointings. But he says, I want you to go and find um, Elisha, son of Shaphat, and uh, I want you to anoint him to succeed you as prophet. And uh, that's 1 Kings 19. Uh, and you'll know the story because uh, he goes, and Elisha's there. I mean, he's, he, uh, he's, in, he's running his business. They're, they're plowing with oxen. He's, now, I, I believe in his heart, he must have believed for something. They must have sensed the call of God on his life. There's something, and, then, and then he sees the prophet of the nation coming onto his field. He's in the middle of plowing, and he's thinking, oh my days, is, 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 that, is that Elijah? Is that who I think it is? And he comes, and he, and he throws his cloak, and I know you know the story, and he's ruined for anything else. It's like, he's utterly ruined. He burns his plowing equipment. He, he slaughters his oxen. They all have steak for tea, and he goes off. And for eight years, he's pouring water on the prophet's hands. And uh, that, that is, we don't actually read of him. We read of the mantle coming upon him. We only find out later when someone, when the king says, is there anyone here? They say, oh, there's Elisha. For eight years, he poured water on the prophet's hands. 2 Kings 3. All the time, he's serving the man of God. Uh, but within him, something is beginning to stir. And at 2 Kings chapter 2, where we take this story up, um, Elijah is about to go home. In fact, he's about to get taken up into a whirlwind. And it appears that all the prophets in the nation sense that it's about to happen. And many of you will know the story, but we're going to read it in any case. Um, This is 2 Kings 2 verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel uh, came out to Elisha and says, Do you know the Lord's going to take your master from you today? 
Yes, I, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it or so be quiet. Verse 4, then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I, I, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know the Lord's going to take your master? I mean, dear me, from you today. Yes, I know, he replied, but shut up. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord sent me to Jordan. He says, as surely as the Lord lives, you live. I'm not going to leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they'd crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You've asked for a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them apart. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho, who were watching, said the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. You know, I I believe there is an audacity of spirit that lays hold of some things in the kingdom of God. Like, I, I believe... There's a, there's a breakthrough spirit that you see in Bartimaeus that doesn't wait for God to move. It moves for God to move. And I want to, what I'm trying to just, if I can, encourage you with and discharge a little is there's a tenacity and a boldness to step into everything that God's got. For you as an individual and for this house, it won't just happen. There is, there, you, there is so much to be laid hold of, but it is the bold that lay hold of it. Now, there's a very difficult verse to translate if you go back to the original, which you get some very different versions of it. And in the NIV 1984, said the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men or, or, or men of a violent spirit even lay hold of it. Now, it, I'm not going to preach out of that text because it's difficult, but there's a principle that we see in so many of the stories of the Bible that stuff doesn't just happen. God moves, but when people move for God to move. And there's something I believe that we can cultivate within our own spirit that says, I am going to have what the Lord has measured off. I'm not going to be passive. Passive doesn't break through. Now, I know some of you are of a personality and a disposition. Like my dad, I mean, he's just, he's a flatliner. Like he never got excited in his whole life. You know, it's like you, you could give him, you give a million pounds for his birthday and he'd go, oh, that's lovely. You could say, I didn't buy you anything because I've gone off you. He'd go, oh, that's okay. Do you know, he's just like, you know, he's just, he's Mr. Steady. But whatever your personality type, there's something that God, I believe, is looking for that says, whether you're a noisy or a quiet person, that says, I position myself to lay hold of something. And I believe that's a, that's a spirit that I, I want to encourage you to cultivate in the midst of all the other, the, the messages around honor. 
There's some of the, the push about prayer that's going to come that are pivotal in this house. But there's also there's a tenacity. Now, see, this, this lady's amen in on the front row because she carries this spirit. If you don't know what it looks like to lay hold of something, then just, just get in her slipstream. But there's something, that Caleb spirit, follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Now, 80, what is it, 85 years old? Now, give me this hill country. I mean, dear me, they're all in. I mean, goodness, he's seen the promised land. He's, he's gone beyond what Moses did. You know, he's in there. He's helped them all fight. You know, and he's like, right, now, the Lord promised me Hebron. Hebron's the highest place in Israel geographically. He says, that's mine, I'm having it. And he laid hold of it. And they went up and they took hold of it. And you know, in the next generation, his daughter comes because her husband says, look, go and speak to the old man for us. Can we also have springs of water? And she, she, so she gets something more. Why? Because Caleb said, I'm going to have it. The Lord promised it. Four years ago, I don't care. I, I have made up my mind. I'm having it. And that really is what I'm talking about tonight. A go-to double spirit that says, that says Lord, I want everything you've got. I mean, I, I love the idea of double. I, I love double sausage and egg McMuffin. I mean, I, I could always order single, but I, I, I just order double, don't you? I mean, what, you know, why would you not? I remember as a, as a boy going onto a double-decker bus. Just oh, wanted to go up the top, up the stairs, climb up the stairs, my little legs, but, you know, just to get that vantage point. There's something great about double. Double chocolate chip. I don't know if any of you work. I, I remember when I worked, uh, when I was a student, if I, if I you know, on... On Sundays, it was time and a half, but on bank holidays, it was double time. Has anyone ever worked for double time? There's what, what a, is it great? What's not to like about double time? You know, I, I remember when I was a boy, I, I went and stayed at my grandmother's, and there was a double bed. I don't know why I got put in the double bed by myself. I can remember night one, I, I lay down one side. Like, if you'd drawn a line and said, do not cross, I, I, wouldn't, have, uh, you know, I wouldn't have transgressed. And, and the next night, I thought, hang on a minute. And, and I lay diagonal just because I could. <laughs> and the third night, I threw the second pillow on the floor, and I went straight down the middle. And I just, you know, do you know what I mean? Come on, I'm going to possess this space. There's something good about double. Now, hear me. I'm not, I'm not making a doctrine out of double. Although, actually, if you were to look at it, Deuteronomy 21, 15 to 17, speaks about a double portion for firstborn sons. And if we understand what Jesus is saying when he embodies Isaiah 61 and says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, and instead of your shame, you'll have a double portion. There is a double portion for us because we are the firstborn sons in Christ. But even if that's a stretch for you, let, let me suggest that what God has got for you is more than you've yet perceived. That he is the God of the immeasurably more. You know, now to him who's able to do, uh, I think it's the Amplified Version, super abundantly, more than we can ask or imagine. Well, even if we don't hold to a doctrine of double, let's at least be humble enough to admit that what God's got is more than we've yet seen. So to dare to believe for double is, is key. You know, I, if I might, and I, and I felt in preparation, because some of this... It's not actually about what numbers materialize, because some of what I'm believing for double, you can't actually measure. You can't put a metric against the presence of God. You can't put a metric against the transformation of people's lives. You can count numbers through the door. You can see what the finance is. But, but just that spirit that says, Lord, I'm, I'm going to dare to believe for double baptisms, for, for double salvations, for, for double campuses. 
I thank God for two, but I see four as the next step. And I, and I just, it's something, sometimes it's within us. Here's the point. For Elisha, there's a journey. We don't read of it, but, but it cannot be possibly true that, that it didn't happen, that the mantle comes upon him, he's ruined, and, and there's a journey to this point. There's eight years and in that time, I'll tell you what happens, because this is what happens. This is what happens with a, with a young man who maybe comes into ministry. You know, it's kind of Elisha, the man who comes, at first he's awestruck, just to be traveling, you know, just to be around the man of God. I mean, he just like his dreams have come true. You know, he cannot believe he is come on him, and he's just there. And he's, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, how can I serve you? You know, would you like some more water? I'm just, I mean, just to be in the room. I'm delirious with the thought, I'm in the room. And somewhere along the line, he's still delirious to be in the room, but he recognizes Elijah's flesh and blood. I mean, the New Testament says he's a man just like us. He had faults and failings. In fact, you won't find a less relational person in the Bible. You know, I mean, he's, he's not, I don't think he's great fun to be around. Do you know? It's like just before we read this, just because the king wanted an appointment, 102 people got struck dead. That's the sort of guy Elijah was. No, he wasn't out to make friends. Let's read the Bible. You know, he's like, as people are saying to him, you know, gosh, please, you know, give me a break here. If I go and report this back to Ahab, he's going to kill me. Elijah, Elijah could not care less. You know, see what happens at the end? He doesn't even give Elisha a hug after eight years. You know, this is... And so I, I believe that something happens where Elisha's still excited to be in the room, but, but he understands that the man of God also has some weaknesses. Now, I believe he, he still he poured water on the prophet's hands. There's honor. He still recognized he is the man of God. He, you know, he, I mean, he says, like, where now? He says, where now is the God of Elijah? I mean, it was, he, he was the man of God, and he always recognized that. But something starts to happen, and one day he thinks, I wonder, I wonder if I could do this. I wonder if I could do this. I remember I served a man of God for many years, and it, it was a, a, a dawning realization over many years. I never knew if Esther and myself would be in the right position leading a church in the way we are. I knew I could be a brilliant right-hand man. I honestly believed that. Maybe that was arrogance, but I believed I could be a right-hand man. But, but actually, be a book stop? I, I, you know, I, I didn't know whether my reticence was my own insecurities or actually that wasn't the call on my life and I'd be foolish to try and step into it. Then there comes a realization. There comes a... And I think something happens within Elisha that, that where he starts to think, I want to do what this man does. I, I believe God's called me for this. In fact, if I think back to that field where that mantle came, what was that about if it wasn't to do what this man does? I'm, I'm daring to believe that a day's coming. I'm not wishing him away. But, but when he goes home, it's going to be me. And he starts to think, dear me, I'm going to have to rise up. Dear me, what's going to happen? Because he ain't going to go on forever. What? And he starts to think, and then he starts to think, do you know what? I believe by the grace of God, this is what I'm called to. And then he starts to think, do you know what? If he asks me, I don't want to just do what he's done. I want to do double what he's done. And it's, it's a shift that goes on the inside. And for all of us, if we're going to properly step into what God has got for us, there has to be a shift happens on the inside where we get over our own insecurities, our own small-mindedness, our own vulnerabilities, our own sense of inadequacy, which always magnifies what we're not, 
not what God is. And, and we look around at other people and, and think, you know, they, they don't wrestle with any of that stuff. It's nonsense. It's all of us. All, you know, there are some days when I believe that by the grace of God, I could change the world. And there are other days where I know I'm not fit to lead a life group. And, and I know that sounds horribly schizophrenic, but you just have to come before God and say, Lord, by your grace. But something inside that says, Lord, I am going to lay hold of what you've got for me. You know, and I honestly believe something is going on here. I've got a few quick points I, I want to bring to you. The first thing I want to say is that if you're a person who wants to go to double with your life, if you dare to believe you can play a part to go to double, then going to double requires an ask. Going to double requires an ask. You know, this, this is where, you know, Elisha, the moment comes. And it's as if Elijah's trying to shake him off. Stay here. The Lord's called me here. Stay here. The Lord's called me there. Elisha's going, no way, mate. Like, I, I, I know what's happening here. Everyone can feel it in the air. They all know you're going home. He doesn't say this, but he says, I am not leaving your side. But a moment comes that changes his life forever where Elijah finally says to him, tell me, can I do anything before I go? And he has the audacity to say, give me a double portion. What? I mean, let's not miss the audacity of that. Who would have been like Elijah? I mean, even Moses. I know there's the Red Sea and water from the rock. But I mean, who else had raised the dead at this point? You know, who else had brought a miracle of provision in the way that Elijah? Who else had, had called fire down from heaven and seen four? I mean, had there ever been anyone? Who else had prophesied no rain for three years and then said, now it's going to rain. And I see the, the, a cloud the size of a man's hand. Who would have been like Elijah? The audacity to say double. But he got what he asked for. You know, if you, and if you total up the miracles, including prophecy, you'll find recorded in the Bible, and I'm not saying this is all the extent of what happened, because who can know other than the Lord himself? But Elijah has recorded uh, 14 supernatural occurrences under his ministry. And Elisha, 27. But when he's dead, uh, a corpse is thrown into his tomb and comes back to life, so he makes 28. <laughs> now this... This is the grace of God. And I want to say, you know, that there needs to be an audacity in us that says, Lord, we, Lord, give me this hill country. That says, as a church, when you press in prayer, Lord, give us double. Give us, not, Lord, it'd be great to have two more, but Lord, you know, great to have a few more, but great to add a row. Lord, give us double. In your life to say, God, God, would you, would you give me a double portion? Would you intensify your presence to a, to a, to a, to an exponential level. And there needs an ask. There needs to be an ask. You know, the, the keys of the kingdom is ask. Hello? Let me say it again. Ask. Can we all say that? Ask. We all know ask and receive, but how much asking do we actually do? Why not? Are we concerned that if we ask and the Lord doesn't deliver, we are going to embarrass him? I think the Lord is looking for that audacious spirit. You know, let, let me tell you, uh, just two quick stories. You know, we, about a year after we'd moved to Coventry, well, actually, when I very first went, John Partington was there and, and showed us around the building. And I said, where does a church park on a Sunday? Because there's about 40 spaces in, in the actual, on the premises. And he says, oh, over there. And there was a bit of wasteland. And I said, uh, I said who, who owns that? He said, oh, I, I don't know. And uh, so I asked again next time, city council. I mean, it's a time bomb. Uh, where, where we are, everything's developed except this wasteland. It didn't take a prophetic word or a rocket scientist to know there's going to come a point where that gets developed. 
But right now it's our car park. So right now we thank God. But then we, we've got an issue. Knock on the door on a Friday afternoon. Just need to let you know we've had notice we're going to lose the car park. They're going to develop it. Like, like we didn't see it coming. Near to us, we've got one solution. That is absolutely brilliant. Opposite us, there is the best, beautifully landscaped, lit, with planting, literally opposite our building. Uh, if you needed it, 250 spaces of car parking. Elsewhere, we are stuffed, if you excuse me. The problem is, the university own that car park, and they run conferencing in that building, as we do in ours. We're the competition. We undercut them every time. We're way better than they are, and, and their board in that building hate us. This is a reality. I'm thinking, okay, we need to navigate this. We need the favor of God. Before I can do anything, a well-meaning person in the congregation who knows a manager in the techno center, which is what it's called, goes over and says, hey, um, could you speak to whoever the decision maker is about your car park? We'd like to use it on a Sunday. Didn't speak to me. Didn't speak to any of the elders. Just did it. Now, I like proactive normally, but this wasn't helpful. And um, so, so they, they speak to the decision maker. A Nigerian guy called Obi. Uh, Obi says, absolutely not. Not them over the road. We're not helping them. We're not having anything to do with them. Comes back, says, sorry, it's a, it's a flat no. The helpful person from our congregation says, oh, well, do you think you could go and ask him again whether he could have a meeting with our pastor? He doesn't speak to me or any of the elders. They go back. Comes back. Word comes back from Obi. No, I've got absolutely no interest whatsoever in meeting with any of them. Finished. I then find out about that. We're about to have a week of prayer and fasting. But I made a decision. See, we could have said... Oh, no. We've now got a 10-minute walk from the nearest multi-story car park. This is a disaster for us. We're going to need to close down. We're going to need to hire minibuses. But I was reading the Psalms. It says, the earth is the Lord's and, and ev- everything, everything, everything. So I thought, well, if that's true, that car park's the Lord's. They think it's theirs, but it isn't. So I said, right, we're going to ask for it. I don't care what Obi says. It's the Lord's. And if he, can, if he can put the stars in the sky, it's not hard to change the situation. So we went to prayer. We had a week of prayer and fasting. We start walking on the land. We're speaking. Every place where I set my feet, Lord, in Jesus' name. You know, we're like, Lord, give us this car park. I came out of there at like 1 a.m. in the morning, end of a prayer meeting. I literally pulled out of our little church car park. Opposite is this beautiful big car park. And I said, look, this was the end of November. I said, Lord, what I want for Christmas is the Techno Center car park. Ask and you will receive. We came out that week of prayer and fasting. Before I could do anything, we had a conference on the Monday or the Tuesday. And some of our conference people parked in their car park by mistake as if to rub salt in the wound. And, and, and a different manager comes over to rebuke us. She walks into our building and is impacted by the presence of God. Literally, she came up, she walks in and goes, whoa, what is this place? One of our elders is there. So what do you mean? said, I've never felt anything like this. What is this? Is this a church? He says, yeah, we're a church. She says, well, I was supposed to tell you about some people that are parked in the car park, but what's going on here? <laughs> and then she says, what do you do for car parking on a Sunday? So, so he says, well, it's funny you should ask that. <laughs> so Jane says, um, let me see what I can do. Now, we've got someone else who works in that place who says there's only one person can get to Obi, and it's Jane. Don't know why. Jane got him around her little finger. Jane goes back over, speaks to Obi. By the end of the week, I've got a meeting with Obi. He comes over to my building, our building, God's building. 
shakes my hand at the end, says, just want to say, keep up the great work. <laughs> and, and within the other car park finished 31st of December from the 1st of January, we've got use of their car park. I asked, but, I, but I say, now we thank God, we thank God, but is there a tenacity of spirit? I was saying to, to Hugh, now listen, I'm not someone who runs after the blessing of God. But, it, but if I get in, in a place where there's an anointing on someone, like I, sometimes I can't help myself. I, I, went to, I was saying, because I, I went to a, a Jesus Culture concert a few years ago. And uh, some of you know Jesus Culture. I, I've, and I'm not, you know, I'm not endorsing everything. I love Jesus Culture worship. And I, I just went there as a worshiper. But, but Banning Liebscher, who heads up that ministry, and if you don't know about it, it doesn't matter, but started to speak something in my spirit. I literally, I wanted to stand up and go, Yes! But there's 2,000 people there. And I, like, I'd, I'd take some people. So I restrained myself. But I thought, I am not leaving this place until he's laid hands on my head. Because he, he's carrying. There's, there's an anointing he's carrying. And I'm going, I am ready to embarrass myself. Seriously, I was like, so it starts coming into land. I start making my way out the row. I'm going down. I don't care what the appeal's for. If the appeal's for India, if the appeal, I, I'm just like, I, if the appeal's for women's ministry, like, I'm just like, I'm just like, I am ready to embarrass myself. And literally the moment is, you know, anyone wants to respond, I'm first one down because I've already, I've made my move. And then the band strike up and I notice he's, he's put, I thought he's going to go out the back door. I was ready to storm the stage. <laughs> Seriously. Because I was like, I am not leaving this place without his laid hands on. And then the Lord had mercy on me. Because unbeknownst to me, the person who'd organized the concert knew me and was down the front was Steve Upple. And he said, hey, Mark, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, just come to worship. He said, hey, let me introduce you to Banning. I'll get him to pray for you. <laughs> so I was like, that'd be a good idea. So, in, so, so we have a little chat. And then, and, then, and then I said, will you pray for me? He says, sure. And he's just going, little Jesus. And I took hold of his hand. I put it on my head. And I held it. And I said, listen, whatever you've got, if I can receive anything. Now, I'm not saying go chase after. I'm just... There's a spirit that says, Lord, give me double. That says that Elisha was able to say, give me a double portion. That makes an ask. I want to encourage you to be willing to make an ask. The second thing I want to say is going to double demands a journey. It demands a journey. Things can be prophesied in a moment, but they're lived out on the journey of life. You know, I, I speak over Annie tonight that she'll break the gate down. You know, I believe she will. But you know what? She'll break the gate down in the hard work of character, in the hard work of, of pushing through, of coming through trials. It's, it's, it's the journey that, I, you know, for Elisha, you know, something happens in a moment, but he only achieved double because he walked it out for the rest of his whole life, making good decisions, godly decisions, rising up when he didn't feel like it, you know, stepping into situations that when, when he wasn't quite in the mood. You know, just that, keeping his life pure, keeping his eyes on the Lord, making sure he could hear God when, when there was something within him was, was tired and weary, because this is what it's like. Yeah. You know, I believe something powerful happens. And you see, now, maybe you've heard this before, but it's ridiculous, isn't it, where Elijah says to him, well, okay then, if you see me when I go, you can have it, but it, otherwise it's not yours. I mean, did you ever read that and think, what on earth? Like, I mean, what is going on there? What is Elijah mucking about at? You know, if you blink, sorry, eight years down the pan. 
if you keep your eyes open, you can have all your dreams. But you see, what happens when Elijah is taken up to heaven, it's with chariots of fire and horsemen. If you go to 2 Kings 6, you'll see you can't see that with the natural eye. Because Elisha sees it. He sees the chariots and horsemen of Israel, uh, of fire. But his servant can't see it. He says, Lord, open the servant's eyes so he can see. And he can see. In other words, what you see, you're only going to see Elijah go if you can see with spiritual eyes. And I think what Elijah is saying is, have you learned anything? If, because let me tell you this. You want a double portion. If you can see me when I go, then you have learned what it is to see with spiritual eyes. And let me tell you, you've asked for a difficult thing, but you can have it. If you can see me when I go, then, then you've made a journey. You've made a journey with me all of these years of not just pouring water on my hands, but getting in my slipstream, catching my spirit. Something's been awakened that you can be like me because you've learned to walk in my shoes. And I think there's a journey. I mean, there's a, it's another message for another day. But, you know, it's a bizarre thing, isn't it? They start off in Gilgal and they go to Bethel and then they go to Jericho and they go to the Jordan. You know, and every time Elijah said, the Lord's led me here and there's a company of the prophets. He's not on a farewell talk. He's not a relational person. But the thing is that, that don't you think at the end of that, 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 that Elisha might, might possibly have said, what was all that about? But you see, those were incredibly significant places in the journey of Israel. Now, Elisha, if he'd stopped and said, Lord, if he could see with spiritual eyes, he'd have, says, he'd have said, Gilgal, the place of consecration. This is what the man of God said, said to me. If you see me when I go, it'll be difficult. There's, what's this about, Lord? What's this journey? The place of consecration, the keeping of our hearts consecrated. If you want to go to double, you have to keep your heart consecrated. Keep your heart right. Keep your heart pure. They went to Bethel, the place of encounter, the place of the presence of God. We won't go to double if we don't go after the presence of God. The Jericho, the, you know, in, in my understanding, the, the place of obedience, following the instructions to lay hold of what God's got, there will come tests of obedience. And the Jordan, the faith step. You know, if, if you're going to inherit double, the Lord will ask some things of you that, that require a faith step. Always. You know, for us, you know, when we got called to move to Coventry, you know, there's, there's no guarantees things are going to work out. When you're on, on the threshold, the Lord said, but it's a faith step. You know, an incredible story for us of being called to go. It was, we, it was just abundantly clear. And, and let me not get drawn there for time tonight. But even so, we're thinking, oh, what, what if this doesn't work out? Trying to find a house and we're, we're trying to buy a house. You know, it gets to like eight weeks before we're due to start and like we've not sorted house, we've not sorted school, every door seems to be shut and this incredible house comes up. 40,000 pounds are off the asking price. It's perfect for us. And it's, it's right next to Coventry's best primary school. But there are no places for any of my three kids in that school. They've got waiting lists. And I remember when, when anyway, we ended up, another story, buying that house and somebody said... Um, where are your kids going to go to school? And I said, well, this is where we are. They said, you'll never get your kids into Steichel. That's what it's called. I knew when they said it, I thought, on that confession alone, I know that we will. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Within four weeks, all three of our kids were in that school. It was just, it was unbelievable. But, it, but you know, like, you, you don't know always. And God will require a faith step of you. This is the Jordan if you want to go to double. Uh, thirdly, going to double carries a cost. If you see me when I go, but you've asked a difficult thing, 
Why do you ask a difficult thing? Was it difficult for Elijah to give it to him? It wasn't his to give. Was it difficult for God to conjure it up? I don't think so. It's difficult because Elijah knew it was difficult to be a man of God. Said, I almost sense Elijah going, wow, double. Check you out. You've no idea. He just says, it, you've asked something difficult. He wasn't very relational, wouldn't have talked it out, but he just says, difficult. But I think what he's thinking is, like, wow, you've no clue what you're talking about here. But you know what? If I knew then what I know now, I could have done double, actually. But it's a difficult thing, and it carries a cost. I want to say for you as a church, if you're going to step into everything that God's got, there's a cost. There's a financial cost. There's a, there's a commitment cost. There's an integrity cost. There's a relational cost. There's a holiness cost. To all of us as individuals and corporately in the house, as somebody once says, there, there are no great victories at bargain prices. You know, I believe to reach more people for Jesus, to move powerfully in the prophetic, to see signs and wonders, to raise sons and daughters in a house like this who serve God, to build a business to release kingdom finance, to resist opposition, to endure over the long haul. It requires a cost. In your life, it requires a cost to be everything that God has got for you, to possess everything that God has marked out for you. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, and some of you will have heard this, the incredible man of God. You know, he came late to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. and the age of 54, he was widowed. And he continued for 34 years alone. This is what history says. One evening, a host asked him the secret of his power. If you don't know anything about Wigglesworth, an incredible miracle worker. I think saw 13 people raised from the dead through his ministry. What's the secret of your power? In a broken voice with tears slowly trickling down his face, he replied, I'm sorry you asked me this question, but I will answer it. I'm a broken-hearted man. My wife, who meant everything to me, died in 1913. And after the funeral, I went back and lay on her grave. I wanted to die. But God spoke to me and told me to rise up and come away. I told him that if he'd give me a double portion of the Spirit, my wife's and my own, I would go and preach the gospel. God was gracious to me and answered my request, but I sail the high seas alone. I am a lonely man, and many a time all I can do is weep and weep. Wow. Deep, challenging words, but there's a cost. But lastly, I want to say going to double makes a move. Going to double makes a move. You know, Elijah is taken up and, and, and his, his mantle falls to the ground. And then, do you know that the company of the prophets from Jericho, the bounders, they're waiting, they're waiting because they know what's going on and they know on the far side of the Jordan, Elijah's going to get to, they're waiting to watch Elisha come back. So let's see what happens now. Wow. And he comes and he, and he takes hold he takes hold of this mantle, the man of God, and he, and he rolls it up. And it says he comes to the edge of the water. And he says, where now is the God of Elijah? Now, who knows in that moment, it's easier to ask for a double portion than to strike the water. But it's like, ah! And miraculously, opens up. And they go, wow, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. Now, I want to say this, you know, there's a, there's a faith step. There's a faith step. All of us, if we're going to step into what God's got, we've got to step up. We've just got to make a decision. We've got to 
do things we've not done before. We've got to be bold. This is why it's so important, Annie, that you're fearless. Sometimes the Lord's going to speak to you to do things that seem a little bit out there, but you know it's God. You've got to do it. It's, you make a move, and you'll inherit double. And people go, where on earth did she come from? But you know, actually, it's not about where she's come from. It's, it's laying hold of something. It's laying hold of something, taking a faith step, making a move, you know, stepping out in faith. Faith it isn't just words. I believe confession is incredibly significant. It's faith is substance. Faith is substance. You know, I think all of us, we, we get challenged with are we going to step up and are we going to step out? Are, are we, are we going to lay hold of what God's got? What does that even look like for my life? Am I going to get serious with God? Am I going to undertake a spiritual fast? Am I, am I going to press in? I can remember a few years ago, it's like I, I just wanted more of God. I didn't know what to do other than undertake a long fast. So I went to my leaders. I, I, was, I was working in Nottingham Christian Centre, and, and I went to the man of God, and I said, look, I, I, I want to do a, a 21-day fast. No, no food, and, but I want some time to, to pray and to lay hold of God. And, and being a man of God, he, he released me from everything other than Sundays just to push into God. And I, and I just, I went after something. Sometimes you've got to make a move. I don't know what that looks like for you. Sometimes you'll come to a point of rising up, stepping into something, taking a step of faith. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about. You know, and, and Elisha here, he'd asked for a double portion. He'd seen him when he went. He'd been told it was going to be difficult, but then he actually had to strike the water. For eight years, he'd been under the covering of the other man. For eight years, he'd seen the miracles happen, but it hadn't been through his hands. And there came a moment where he had to do it. I remember the first time I laid hands on the sick and someone was healed. The first time that I cast out a demon. You know, and each time, thinking, I, 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 need, I need the expert with me. But actually, no, it was time for me to do it. It was time for me to step into that space. It, it was time, because actually, all any of those people would have done was listen to the Holy Spirit, and now it was my turn to do it. Financially, we've been tested way beyond what we ever dreamed we would in terms of what the Lord's asked us to give at times. And then he's poured back in incredibly. I wonder if could the musicians come and, and join us. You know, as we, as we come to a finish tonight, I want to encourage you individually just to look inside your own heart. Is there something in you that says, Lord, I want to lay hold of what you've got for me? Lord, I, I, I don't want to get to the end of my days and feel like I, I didn't lay hold of everything that you had. Lord, would you help me? Lord, would you grow and nurture within me that tenacious and audacious spirit? And would you help me to go to double? You know, I just have a sense as we come to a close that there are some people need to stand up and some people maybe need to Step out of where you are. Find some space at the side or even come down the front and say, Lord, I want everything you've got for me. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it's going to mean. You know, Elisha had no idea what it was going to mean. But he resolved, give me a double portion. I believe if as a church, you can individually respond in this coming season that an audacious spirit is, is part of what you possess, you'll be amazed at what God does here. So I'm just going to invite you. We're just going to take a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to 
their work. Holy Spirit, come in this place. Come in this place, Lord, in these moments. Holy Spirit, would you move? Maybe you, you want to respond. I'm going to invite you to do something. Just, just do something. Whether you want to stand up or, or come out down the front, if there's something in you that says, I, I want to lay hold of what God's got for me, then make a, make a response. Do something in this place. Jesus. Jesus. Now listen, I, I can pray for you and I'm, I, I'm not averse to praying for you, but your own response in these moments is the most important thing. You know, I, I encourage you to speak to him now. Say, God, would you, Lord, let me lay hold of everything that you've got for me. Lord, see my heart here tonight. Help me to lay hold. Help me to learn what it is to lay hold of everything you've got. Jesus. Jesus. The band are going to lead us in a song in a moment, and I'm going to pray for some people. But allow me to pray for this church. Lord, I thank you for this incredible church. I thank you for everything that you've done to this point. Lord, we thank you for all the decades of history and heritage. Lord, of faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. But God, we look to what lies ahead. Lord, I pray, would you, would you give this house double? I pray, Lord, double portion in the coming season, Lord. I pray, Lord, not addition, but multiplication. I pray, Lord, for a season of exponential growth. I pray for a breakthrough in finances. I pray, Lord, a breakthrough, Lord, at another level of salvation. We thank you, Lord, a heart for the lost that resides here. And we pray, Lord, double portion. We pray, Lord, for a double portion of miracles. A double portion of transformed lives. A double portion of baptism. Lord, would you measure off another, another thousand, Lord? Would you cause there to be a new season and a new day? Holy Spirit, and I pray for every man and woman, young person that stands in this place. Would you help them to lay hold of everything that you've got? Lord, not just to stand in a, in a moment at the end of a message, but to cultivate a tenacious spirit that goes after everything you've got. God, that lays hold of it, that knows what it is to lay hold of the things of God, that goes after you, Lord, that says, give me this hill country because it's mine, God, I pray. I pray, Lord, for business people, Lord, with business ideas, Lord, would you cause them to go to double? Lord, we pray, Lord, promotions, a lot of abundant promotions over this house. Whatever line of work people are in, let your favor rest upon them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray every ministry, Lord, over the young people, over the children. Lord God, everything. Lord, this, Lord, the work with those that are vulnerable, Lord. Lord, I pray, double portion, Lord. Lord, I pray, let this house go to double in every dimension, in every way. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Rise up, people of God.